This is Carolyn Holly. Welcome to Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall. For the next half hour, you're going to be encouraged and challenged by Skip and his guests as they discuss the game plan for life. In sports, as in life, it's important to have a game plan. And as Skip says, no game plan, no victory. Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall is brought to you by the following sponsors. Dutch Bros of Boise, an experience guaranteed to satisfy. McDowell Specialty Repair, Susie Boyle Mortgage Team and Castle & Cook Mortgage, LLC. And Summer's Funeral Home, every life leaves a legacy. And now, here's your host for Game Plan for Life, Skip Hall. Welcome to Game Plan for Life. This is your host, Skip Hall. Well, today I've got a couple exciting guests in the studio. Uh, we're talking about Jim Zamzo. Everybody knows about Zamzos uh, around the valley. And also Art Gregory, who wrote a book called That Reminds Me of a Story. It's in a collection of stories uh, sharing the business wisdom of the Zamzo family. So first of all, gentlemen, welcome to Game Plan for Life. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thank you, Skip. Pleased to be here. Absolutely. Well, we're going to start off with Jim and have him kind of tell his story, where he grew up, and kind of march us up to today and how he got into this Zamzo thing. And and, uh, so, Jim, why don't you start us off? Okay. Uh, This goes back a long ways. 1947. (laughs) uh, I was born in the old St. Alphonsus Hospital when it was downtown Boise. Uh, I was actually... Uh, nearly 24 inches long and uh, just about 11 pounds. Really? And I had a little a little bitty mother, so that was not a... Uncommon. Actually, the doctor said, uh, back in those days, they used to uh, look at your size when you were born, and they'd estimate how big you would be as an adult. Mm. And based on that formula, I would have been about eight feet tall, so <laughs> it obviously didn't work out that way. Right, right. But uh, at that time, my, my parents lived in the house behind what is now our Fairview store. That was the original store. And I was raised there, uh, clear up until I went away to the service and went to college. Mm. So uh, that was my home place. I still own that, that property, yeah. as a matter of fact. Back in those days, that was all farm country. So I was a kid that was raised uh, swimming in irrigation ditches and uh, the old fair was was right there at the at the corner of Orchard and Fairview, mm-hmm. uh, which is where Fairview got its name. And of course, we didn't have any money back in those days, mm-hmm. so uh, we didn't have a dime to get into the fair. So we had to sneak in. Oh wow! <laughs> and the Boise Drive-In Theater was right there where yeah. St. Alphonsus is now. And and of course, we had to sneak under the fence to go to the movies back then too. Yeah. Uh, not that not that the theater didn't know we were doing it because we all we neighborhood kids did that. But yeah, we had fun. I my first job was uh, trapping gophers for the Boise Irrigation uh, Company. We got uh, twenty five cents a tail for gophers really? because they they ruined the ditches back then. And then I uh, sold grit magazine and white cloverine brand salve those are my two first businesses really uh back when i was probably nine or ten years old yeah went door to door and then of course we had a huge garden and all the extra cucumbers and things like that i would put in my little uh, rodeo wagon and go up and down the road and sell 
cucumbers and things like that. Sure. My, my brother and sister did as well. You were an entrepreneur way back. Well, you know, we didn't have any allowance back yeah, in those days. Yeah. So as we kids, if we wanted any money to go to the fair or yeah. whatever, then then we had to work for it. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I, I was always very excited to to get my first job. And I even fibbed a little bit when I was 11 to tell the Boise Braves that, that, <laughs> that I was 12. And uh, the funny thing about that was I wasn't very big. And when I went, I rode my bicycle down to the old Braves field, which is down there near Walnut Street, mm-hmm. actually right close to where Art was raised. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I, I told him, that I was 12, because that's how old you had to be. Right. I, he said, well, what what do you want to do? And I said, well, I'd like to either sell or shag balls. And mm-hmm. He said, well, all the big boys, they get to shag the balls. And, and of course, they get the, the easy job of throwing the peanut, the bags of peanuts. So mm-hmm. all we have left here is, uh, is this wooden crate that had about 24 bottles of, of pop, mm-hmm. mostly knee-high beverage back in those days. Wow. And he said, uh, you're not big enough to sell pop because you couldn't carry that. And I said, oh, yes, I can. And he said, okay. So here was a case of pop sitting there and he, with a strap, and he yeah. put that around my, my neck, around my shoulders. And he said, well, okay, show me. Mm-hmm. Boy, as hard as I struggled, I couldn't lift that case of pop off the yeah, ground. Yeah. <laughs> and so he said, you see, son, you're just not, you're not ready. I was so disappointed. Yeah, I'll bet. But... Uh, I went from there, uh, and we cleaned bricks for the old Weigel Brick Company, which was down uh, just just about where the Albertsons uh, headquarters is, down mm-hmm. on Park Avenue. Yes. That was all an old gravel pit back in those days, and mm-hmm. and they tore down all the downtown breweries, the Bohemian Brewery, and, and uh, I forget what the other one was, but they would dump those bricks, and then we kids would take hatchets and clean the you know, the concrete, the mm-hmm. cement away from the bricks mm-hmm. and stack them. We got paid a penny a brick. Yeah. So all day long, we got paid $5 if we could accumulate 500 <laughs> bricks on a pallet. So that was my first experience in in work. Uh, at 14, Dad uh, said, well, it's time for you to go to work full-time in the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, your business of playing in the summer is over. So I had to go to the mill in Meridian and started working in the warehouse there. And I, I don't know if this is unfortunate or fortunate for me, but the warehouseman quit, and I ended up being the warehouseman for the mill in Meridian when, okay. I, was, when I was 14. Well, mostly we had 100-pound bags of grain back then. Ooh, wow. We didn't have 50s and 25s. We had all of our whole grains were, were hundreds, yeah. and our rolled grains were all in 80-pound bags. Well, that's about what I weighed. Mm. So uh, I had good helpers, but they taught me how to handle yep. those bags, you know, by using my knees and getting them up and sure, stacking them. Sure. And I got strong yeah. uh, pretty fast as, at that age. Uh, I went to Bora High School. Uh, I played trumpet in the band, not very well, but mm-hmm. uh, got by. I never yeah. did really learn how to read music, but I learned how to play it. <laughs> so... Uh, everybody said, well, why don't you, why don't you carry your music on the trumpet when you do the, back in those days, what we called the Fairyland Parade, which yeah. was our, our Thanksgiving Christmas parade right. downtown Boise. Uh, and 
I didn't have music on my stand because I couldn't read music. Yeah. But I learned how to memorize it because just in playing the band, and I had pretty good band instructors. And sure. So I kind of learned how to play by ear. So that's my music experience. Graduated from Bora in 1965. Uh, started off at uh, Boise Junior College. Right. And then very quickly became Boise College and then on, on mm. down the line. I didn't do particularly well. Uh, I wasn't a very good student. I mm -hmm. think that's the best way to put okay. it. Okay. <laughs> uh, then uh, the Vietnam War was escalating at that time, and I knew I was going to have to go to, to Vietnam because I was on the lottery, and I was a Z, and we were right yeah, down to the right, Zs. Right. So uh, uh, because Dr. General, or pardon me, General Trail uh, helped me to get into the Air National Guard, I went away and did my service uh, and spent six years in the Air National Guard. Mm. And at that time, uh, of course, about 1970 rolled around. Uh, I graduated from college that year and started to work for Dad. Yeah. And the manager there... Uh, decided that we were growing too fast because my brother and I had insisted on building the new store. That's the store that's that's Fairview now. Yeah, now the brother's that Richard? Rick, yeah. Right, mm -hmm. he's right behind me. Yep. Lives behind me, yep. So I guess I lost my point on that one, but... Rick felt you were growing too fast, Yeah, you said. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that was the, the business issue. was growing fast. Yeah, the, well, what happened, so yeah, you have to excuse me because my mind goes faster than my... <laughs> my mouth does but uh, rick and i saw the future of, of business in right. boise it was growing so fast and we had that old store on the corner now this it, is a zamzo's business yes yes and that was uh zamzo's coal and feed mm -hmm. we sold coal my in fact my brother and i were raised as kids uh hauling coal and and also uh, cleaning up baby chickens because we sold tens of thousands of baby chickens, and that was our job as wow. little kids. Yeah. Uh, so we talked Dad into building that new store, and he uh, he was really hesitant because he said, you know, why should I risk my retirement and build a new store for you boys? Mm. Adam, I know you're going to lose it. We convinced him. Yeah. So we built that new store in 1970 on Fairview, and simultaneously, Boise had started to grow, mm -hmm. and... We, we saw all of our farm business starting to disappear. So we actually started to convert our farm knowledge of growing hogs and, mm -hmm. and cattle and what have you over to, to our pet business. Mm -hmm. uh, Rick and I always had dogs and cats as kids, so yeah. we understand them, stood them pretty well. And uh, so we started dealing in the dog food business and, and garden supplies mm -hmm. and so on. And with the help of Boise Cascade uh, Mill over in Emmett, they allowed us to take the ground bark at those in those days, believe it or not, for no charge. Really? They just charged us for loading it mm -hmm. uh, because it was uh, had no value to them at that time. Mm. And then when they started realizing there was value to it, of course, they started yeah, charging right. it for us. <laughs> but uh, that's what we, we called it. Rick and I actually called it Soil Aid. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then Boise Cascade eventually trademarked that, uh, that brand as Soil Aid. And ground bark, decomposed ground bark, clear up to this day, we still refer to as Soil Aid. Right. 
which it is. Mm-hmm. So um, that that takes me up to uh, about the time I'm 23 years old when our store manager came in and tells dad that he it's just too much for him. Yeah, too busy. So my dad came to me and said, "Well, James, you're you're next in line, really." Mm-hmm. And I said, Dad, I know nothing about managing a business. And he said, well, I can't think of a better way to learn. That's right. (laughs) And he said, I'll just tell you this, that if you don't take this job, I'm going to hire somebody to run this business, and your your opportunity may be passed. So Mm. I talked to my new bride about it Mm -hmm. and decided that was the thing to do. So I started off... uh, from ground floor, I really didn't know anything about management. Jumped right in, and of course, it was much smaller back then. Yeah, my brother came down from the University of Idaho, and the two of us, with a couple of employees, built the business on Fairview. Mm-hmm. Dad had the mill in Meridian, and then he bought the Cuna Mill. It was the old Cuna Mills, and we eventually built a store over there. Sure. And then uh, just kind of graduated those stores yep. from there. And Kept growing. To the yep. day where we have 13. But so there's 13 Zamzo's stores. Yes. Okay. In, yeah. in the valley, right. And in the meantime, uh, being entrepreneurs, my brother and I uh, were always interested in doing other things. He started uh, a company called Wholesale Pet Feed and Supplies, mm-hmm. which was a sister company. I started a vitamin mineral company right. called Dynamite Marketing, mm-hmm. which is a multi-level marketing company, which still uh, functions very well uh, as kind of a sidekick of our supplement business. Mm-hmm. And then my research of the soils, and I guess, uh, you know, next to God and family, the soil is is really Pretty where my heart, your heart is. Yeah. Uh, and some people have said, you know, we can't tell where the soil ends and where you begin. And that's been true of my wife and the rest of the family, I think. Yeah. Uh, because we do come from agriculture. and You bet. But I uh, have made so many mistakes in trying to develop fertilizers over the years. And ultimately, and that's a long story of its own, but I finally started realizing that unless the soil is alive and functioning, uh, we're really killing it. Yeah. Uh, we. I'm not opposed to chemical fertilizers. A lot of people think I am. I am not. I'm just opposed to the overuse of chemical right. fertilizers. Burn the, yeah. And I just believe in balancing the soil mm. with the nutrients that we put on it with the carbon and the humus and, right. and the minerals and so on in the soil because from the soil comes our, our health, our yeah, human health. You bet. Uh, we have abused our soils as a nation now for, for a long time. Long Actually, time. most of the world has. Yeah. Some of the old European countries are, st- are still doing some things the right way. <laughs> <laughs> but we have to learn from them. You bet. Well, Jim, that's, that's a fascinating story. And so to our listening audience, there you go, the, the Jim Zamzo story. And uh, they're doing a wonderful job. And they've got a gentleman now, uh, Art Gregory, that works with them. And Art, tell us what your responsibility is with Zamzo's. 
Well, I'm the uh, marketing and communication director of the company, and I've been there 30 years and wow. met Jim back when I was program director of a radio station at age yeah. 21. And uh, here I'm uh, 70 years old, and 50-some years later, Jim and I are not only still friends, but I went to work for the company when I retired from broadcasting in 1992, and I've been there 30 years. I am the guy that came up with Nobody Knows, like Zanzos, trying to get people to say the name correctly and also to position us with knowledge because all this, what Jim just set it up beautifully is that, you know, going back to 1933, we have the experience about what's going on with the soil, what's going on with your pet, what's going on with feed and Mm. wild birds. Uh, We know we've seen those things before. And we know how to take care of all of them. And that's what we're honored to do. That's our goal in life. If we could just help people take care of their soil and their animals and their lawns and their gardens and their feed needs, that's what makes our day. And that's and huge. That yes, is that's huge. what we do. And, yep. and uh, I tell people about that. And the company's done pretty good during the time I've been there. And, and I'm still there as a result 30 years <laughs> later with no plans to retire because we're still still going and we're still growing well he's he's done a lot more than just just what he said uh, he did come up with the slogan nobody knows like zamzos right. uh, but he also uh, took my grandmother's name and and started the product line of the grandma z's line grandma z's and he came to me one day and said you know jim we you know how they the uh, mrs c's candies mm-hmm. uh, does he said i think we could take grandma and uh, yep. so we had to get permission from Grandma. She was alive at the time. And in fact, I think she was in her in her hundreds. Really? Almost. She, yeah, she was over 100 at really? that point. Yeah. She uh, was so. 104 when that happened. So we asked, uh, Art and I went over and we asked Grandma, Grandma, could we use your name for marketing? Mm-hmm. Well, her daughters were there, my Aunt, Aunt Margaret and Aunt Evelyn. And they said, no, you can't use, you would exploit our mother. <laughs> And Grandma said, now, wait a minute, honey. She said, would it be good for business, Jim? And I said, well, of course, Grandma. And she said, then let's do it. (laughs) Good for her. (laughs) She was business all the way. Oh, that's great. Well, Art, I know you've put together, you and Jim have put together this book uh, called That Reminds Me of a Story. And, And again, it's a collection of stories sharing the business wisdom of the Zamzo family. So, Art, tell us how this book came about. Well, uh, each week uh, when I was in radio, I would call Jim up and I'd say, Jim, what are we going to advertise this week? And Jim would say, well, Art, uh, it's uh, starting to come up. Here we are in October. Uh, It's starting to come up where it's getting cold. Let's do firewood. Mm. So I'd say, "Okay, what makes Zamzo's firewood better than the next company? Mm -hmm. And Jim would say, well, you know, Art, that reminds me of a story. (laughs) And he'd say, one time I bought some wood from a guy up in McCall. Uh, We used to buy it by the court, which is four foot by eight foot square. 
And I said to the guy, how much for a cord of wood? And the guy said, either $45 or $90. And Jim said, well, how come the difference in price? And the guy said, well, it all depends on how you want me to stack it. So a rabbit can run through it or so a mouse can't. (laughs) And then Jim explained to me that you don't want to buy your wood by the cord. You want to buy it by weight, which is what we did at Fairview. So we put that together and actually did a radio commercial with that story Mm. and it really really worked and we started using Jim's voice on the commercials and then when Jim would sit down with me to record a commercial as you can tell he likes to tell stories and Mm -hmm. is good at it and I do too and I had the recorder going and I began recording those stories as I did with Grandma Z and all of her stories Mm. and before long I realized I had a collection of these stories that I was like a geologist with a living volcano, an active volcano in my backyard. And so here was an example of how storytelling could really create and sustain a company's culture. And our culture is derived from stories, isn't it, Jim? It sure is. Yeah, yeah. So I the book explains that. Yeah, that is so true. And and I know in, on, on the, some of the chapters, um, the Ten Business Commandments, for example, uh, let me just re- read through a few of these. Uh, honesty goes both ways. Defend yourself and what you love. Hard work, high standards, no shortcuts, going beyond expectations, finding new products and ideas. If you want to do it right, make it yourself. Bigger is not always better. There's nothing like money in the bank. Employees make your business a good steward to the community earth. Well, those are pretty exciting chapters. And uh, anything else you'd like to share, Art, about how this all came together? Well, yes. Uh, I was going back to school at Boise State. My father was Quentin Gregory, the artist that painted Velma Morrison's portrait in the Morrison Center. And he had just passed away. In 1998, and I went back to school at age 45 uh, trying to get my four-year degree and then went on to get a master's degree. And during that time, some professors really brought this up about storytelling being a way, a means of not only social control, but a way that you sustain culture mm-hmm. and and define your culture. And I thought, wow, I am a living, breathing example of that working at Zamzos. So I collected all these stories, put them together, and I did my master's thesis in 19, actually it was uh, 2003. Uh And five professors at Boise State really helped me do that. The lead one, Dr. Ben Parker, who was in the communication department for many years, Mm -hmm. uh, helped me get my master's degree and helped me put that book of stories together. And the book is actually the appendix of my master's thesis. (laughs) I actually brought the book right here. And here is a published book. And the contents of that book are in the back of this book. And this was at Albertson's Library, and uh, it's actually in the library of the uh, university. Uh And we took that book from the Albertson's Library and took it to Aloha Publishing, who published our book. And Mariana Young and her staff just did wonders and uh, added a couple of new chapters that Jim added. And, of course, they're Jim's stories and Grandma Z's stories and Rick's stories. They're not my stories. No, but you put them together. Yeah. 
put them all together, and that's Absolutely. that's what's exciting. And you know, just looking through this a little bit, the book, you know, it's, it's got the Zamzo family tree, and it's got introducing the Zamzo family, and and this would be a terrific read for those that may not know about it. Um, so, where can they get the book? Well, it's available really at all Zamzo stores. stores okay. uh, I don't think we've really expanded too much beyond the stores. Uh, if you want the book, there's 13 places to get it <laughs> at uh, the Zamzo retail stores, or you certainly can go to zamzos.com okay. and you can order it there. Okay, but Zamzo's. beyond that, com, uh, yeah. Jim is uh, kind of a modest guy and said, I'm not in this to make money or to promote myself. I'm in this to help people with their business knowledge, and yes. uh, he is willing to share the knowledge of this company that's been here almost 100 years. He is sharing it with anybody out there, and I think that is so cool that's because awesome. what makes us successful could also make you successful yeah. if you read this book. That's awesome. Well, helping people, there's nothing better than that. And Jim, any uh, we've got about two minutes left here, but any uh, thoughts about the book from your perspective? You know, I think the the book demonstrates some conservative Christian values that we were yes. all raised with. Uh, some of it in there, uh, people say, "Well, gosh, uh, Jim, you you were kind of mean, or you kind of you were a troublemaker." And I said, "No, basically, I stood for what I believed in." Yeah. And uh, and sometimes you have to stand up and fight for what you believe in, and yeah. and uh, and that did happen in a few cases, and it's not something my wife is real proud of. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all in there, and that and that kind of when you're when you're born and raised uh, in the '40s, '50s, and '60s, things were a little different back then. Yeah, you know, we settled things in the parking lot of uh, of Bora High School with our fists. Yeah. And uh, and we we learned what it felt like to get hit on the end of the nose, and we learned how not to do that. The two-fisted philosophy. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm glad we don't have to do that anymore. Well, listen, you guys, this has been a a real delight to have you come in and and tell the story and the books. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, and again, uh, if you're in one of the Zamzo stores, why you can pick up the book that reminds me of a story and Art Gregory and Jim Zamzo put it together and. And it's, it's a great read, and I uh, hope you'll pick one up. But uh, again, we thank you so much for coming in today. We appreciate what you do. Thank both you, of you. It's our pleasure. And thank you. Uh, keep it up, all right? We'll do it. You got okay. it. Thanks, guys. Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall is brought to you by the following sponsors. Christian Brothers Automotive. Security Gold and Silver. A reliable source for your bullion investment. Dominoes. Oh, yes, we did. Diamond Heating and Cooling. Hoffman Auto Body, someone you can trust. And Zero is Carpet Cleaning. Thank you for listening to Game Plan for Life with Skip Hall. This is Carolyn Holly inviting you to listen at this same time on this same station next Saturday as Skip and his guests go over the Game Plan for Life. Have a great weekend. And remember, no game plan, no victory.